is Jared the GM on ESPN 1025, the game Titans and Falcons this week. Floyd, if I told you the Titans would try somebody else at right guard than Jameel Douglas, would that get you excited? Well, <laughs> the answer is always the same. No, no, no. Not who is the someone else. Yeah. Is just it, that it is someone else. Is it better? <laughs> you can always replace them as long as you've got somebody better. Is there anybody worse? I don't know. But is, there, is this guy better? Well, I'm worried that it could be somebody who's worse. Because then what do you do? So well, that's the... Yeah. I mean, you... <laughs> I can't believe... <laughs> now... The way Mike Vrabel would be the case. The way Mike Vrabel made it sound earlier in the week, at least to me, came off as Nate Davis was going to play, and I thought it sounded like Nate Davis was going to start because the offensive line is one of those things where if you if you don't start, you're probably not going to play. You know, it's not like running back where it's well, you know, he's not going to start, but he'll get he'll get some touches. That's not really how the offensive line works. So Vrabel's like, oh, I hope we can have the opportunity to get him in the game. I'm like, this is not the preseason now. Like, if you want the opportunity to play him in the game, you got to start him. And then I listened to uh, Jim Wyatt on the Midday Show, and he made it sound like he's not going to play and that it's going to be Jameel Douglas who's back out there. Pamphiel is out for uh, Sunday's game. Why, why is he here? He's hurt. I mean, why? I mean, he's never he's, – he's always hurt. I mean, he hasn't done squat for us. He played two games last year and then got hurt. I mean, he's And now he hasn't played a game and he's hurt. Useless. In fact, I think I'm going to start calling him Mr. Worker's Comp. Jeez. Mr. Worker's Comp Kevin Panther. I mean, he. I hear the name all the time and I never see the person. Which takes us to the next guy, Nate Davis, who again, I thought earlier in the Ditto. week... Vrabel was making it sound <laughs> like he was going to play. Davis has been inactive. For every game so far. Arthur Smith, the Titans offensive coordinator, was asked about Nate Davis. This is what he said. You know, it was unfortunate. And we have different moving pieces. And Jamil had to play in, in their week one. And, and Pamp is obviously hasn't been up the last couple of weeks. So, when, you know, as we get going, as Nate works himself back in, we'll see. And it, it could change week to week. It just all depends on who's up and who's down. And there's a lot of things and a lot of those factors. And so we'll see. I'm not sure it really does depend on anything about who's up and who's down, unless the question is, is he up? Because to me, the only thing that determines whether or not he plays right guard is if he plays right guard. Pretty simple. You know, this isn't like, are we going to carry an extra receiver or are we going to start him at right guard? No, I mean, if he starts at right guard, he's up. And if he's not going to play, he's down. And then Arthur Smith went into kind of – you know how how long would it take for him to get acclimated to get back out there and play? Mike's been bullish in trying to get Davis on the field. Obviously, you guys drafted him for a reason. Right. What, what can he give you guys in that position? Well, Nate's going to continue to work, and you know there's a, there's a plan in place for him, and there's a couple of different moving pieces. But we, you know we're just hopefully Nate continues to, to have progress, and we'll see when the time's right. Okay, so. They asked, what can he give you? And Arthur said, he's going to continue to work. That didn't sound real positive. That didn't sound like, you know, he's going to be a tough, physical, smart player. He's going to be a... There wasn't much of a description there. So what do you think of the fact that Arthur Smith says there's a plan in place for Nate Davis and the fact that we haven't seen Nate Davis and we don't know about Nate Davis? 
What does Floyd make of all this? What do you think of the Nate Davis plan? I don't, I mean, they say the same thing about everybody that's hurt, you know. We got a program for him. He's going to get on a program, and he's going to, when he gets, then he'll start practicing. And when he, I mean, it's the same old rigmarole. I mean, the truth is, we don't know. The truth is, we got no idea. He's, we don't know if he's going to start and play every snap or if he's going to show up for the second half of the season. Just don't know. Is there any chance that he is better than Jameel Douglas right now? That without his practice, he like you know it's not. I heard somebody this week who I do whose opinion I do trust said, "Oh, it doesn't matter if you play at Charlotte as compared to Alabama or you know a bigger school." Right. And I'm like, that is a load of baloney. <laughs> like, yes, it does matter. Like, it does matter that Nate Davis played tackle at Charlotte last year, and now you're going to ask him to play right guard in the NFL with no practice. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough. I, I mean, and and we said this before. I mean, he not only is there a different in the level of competition, difference in the level of competition the people he faced, but now he's he hasn't even. I don't even know if he's practicing. You know, no, or, he or, is. Uh, he is practicing. So and so, and if he's been, been practicing for, for like two weeks, so that means he's had a maximum. Maximum of two days in pads. Put him out there. Yeah. I mean, what's he going to be able to do? I don't even know if he can tie his shoes. I mean, he's a rookie. I mean, he's what can he do? I don't, I mean, I, I don't know how you would do it. I'd be scared to death. I mean, he may be a heck of a lot better than I imagine he is, but I don't, I, I mean, I think you'd be maybe killing the kid, you know? He gets out there, and we get another episode of last week. I mean, he may go go into shell shock and be done. <laughs> Want to play defensive line or something? <laughs> and then that takes me to the next point: that is, is it too early to say that this was a wasted pick? Oh, you yeah. needed a right guard. You went into the draft knowing you needed a right guard. You looked at every center and guard. We went over all of them that day. We were at the stage downtown, and you went over every center and guard that was on the board going into the second round. And then I remember doing the show with you as the guards and centers were coming off the board in the second round. And I want to say there was a run on them right before the Titans picked, when the Titans ended up drafting A.J. Brown. There was a run on the centers and the guards, and every time Eric McCoy from Texas A&M went off the board, you would kind of give this little face like you looked like you had just bitten a lemon. And uh, and so all the, they go all these run, the, the, they, they lose these guys off the board, and the Titans don't draft a guard, and then they take Davis in the third round. And I said, well, I guess they're taking Davis in the third round to start, and you really took umbrage with that. And then they didn't do anything there. And they didn't add anybody. Well, you don't have – I mean, we talked about that a little bit yesterday. And you know what happens is at some point in time, your choice is A.J. Brown or whomever they were considering as a, as a guard. And they obviously said, hey, you know, we got a first-round grade on A.J. Brown. I mean, we think he's a first-round kid. And he's sitting here in the middle of the second round or whatever the pick was. 
and and even though you your need is something else, you take him because he's the absolute best player out there, and and you're going to get a steal on him. And did that in fact happen? Well, I mean, the jury's still out on that. But but at least you look at it and say, well, there's maybe a chance. You know, he's maybe got a chance to be pretty good. Well, then then your next opportunity to get your guard is in the next round. And, you know, now instead of getting a second-round guy, you got a third-round guy. And, and, you know, where does it go from there? And it's not he's not even, you know, we were talking about the centers and the guards. He wasn't even listed as a center or guard. He was listed as a tackle. You know, so he was kind of even in a different spot. Now, for like the first week of practice before he got hurt at training camp, he did play, he did spend some time starting at right guard. I don't know if that matters at all. But what I like, I was thinking about this today. Was Corey Levin really that bad? He started a game last year against the Chargers in London. And at one point, they put him at center and they moved Ben Jones to right guard against the Jets last year. And then Levin gets cut goes to the Broncos and is then cut by the Broncos and not brought back here. Well, he must really suck. I I saw him play the the little bit I paid attention to him playing was one of those games where he ended up at center and I watched him as a center. And and he wasn't bad. You know, I mean, I thought he would have been as a backup somebody you could live with. Um but uh but I didn't I've never seen him play guard. So I don't know. Uh, I have seen who's the other kid that's on the practice squad. Stenny, I saw him at guard. Was not impressed. Stenny came in for Douglas Thursday night against Jacksonville. So yeah, was not. I don't know how he did, but I know me watching him early. I, did, I was not. It was a very oh. quick no, thank you for Floyd Reese. <laughs> <laughs> I need to see a lot more on that. Watch guy. a little bit. No, thank you. I'm good. So maybe they'll play Nate Davis. I don't know. But I'm starting to wonder if that's a wasted pick if that guy can't come in and be better than Jameel Douglas. Well, yeah, it's not a third, like a high bar I'm asking. A third-round guy, really, anybody that's drafted as an offensive lineman, it's not shocking if it takes him a little bit of time. Especially a tackle from because, Charlotte you asked to play guard? Yeah, I mean, really any position. But it's not because the things that you see in the NFL and the quality of the people you see doing them is so much better than anything you've... I don't even care if you're at Alabama. I don't care where you've gone to school. The quality of the players is so much better than what you've ever seen. You have to you have to adjust. Now, they talk about speed, and everybody interprets the fact that speed means, you know, receivers outrunning and DBs covering them, and it does mean a little bit of that. But it also pertains to the quickness and the size and the strength and the explosiveness of these defensive linemen coming off the ball when you're just coming out of a stance. I mean, the next thing you know, you're on your butt and you don't even know what happened. And so you've got to get a customer or at least understand all of that before you can go in there and, and play the guys that are really, really good, solid offensive linemen inside like Munch and Matthews. Now those guys are all of famers and you know, there are very few of those guys come along they are naturally what I used to call heavy. Mm-hmm. Just and and if you've ever been in sports, or or maybe it's true anywhere, but you know when you're just walking along and you can bump into a guy and he jolts you, you know, yeah, and, and you go, "Woo, 
you know, and then you walk into a guy that's exactly the same size, same weight, same everything, and you just walk right through him. Well, that's a difference. There are certain body types that are dense, and that's what those guys are. They're all thick and dense, and they can sit in there. And when you got a big, giant defensive tackle trying to crush you, I mean, they can't. By the time they get to where they want to get, the ball's been long gone. So, what does Corey Curtis think of this and the offensive line and the Falcons game? We'll get into that next. Corey Curtis, News 2, going to join us. It's Jared of the GM Live from the Wholesale Inc. Studio, powered by RumbleOn.com. It's ESPN 1025, the game. I got a bad feeling about Sunday. We just talked about the right guard. And what if Nate Davis plays? I mean, you know, we haven't seen him in one preseason game. We haven't seen him in one practice since the very beginning of training camp. But what if he plays right guard? Maybe the Titans have a shot. And then look at their team. Julio Jones and Matt Ryan's won a league MVP. And Devontae Freeman and Mohamed Sanu and Calvin Ridley. And I'm like, they got... Really good players. And the guy Nate Davis would go up against, if he were to play, is a guy named Grady Jarrett. He's a really good player. So I got a bad feeling about Sunday. Corey Curtis News 2 joins us now on the show. I got a bad feeling about Sunday, and I have a bad feeling that if Sunday doesn't go well, the season could be in jeopardy. Am I overreacting, Corey Curtis? Um, You know, I can see why... I can see why you would say it, but yeah, you, you're overreacting because last year the Texans started 0 3 and went on to win the division. Um, and they're only a game out of first. So at worst, um, they'd be two games out of first at this point. But I know that's not what you're saying. You're not saying where they are in the standings. It, and that's why, to me, always how you play can quite often be more important than the results of the game. You know, if we see the Titans take big steps forward in this game, win or lose, I think we're going to feel better about them. So I, I, I don't know how I can feel that way. Like, I, I mean, they, what do you mean by big steps forward and they lose? Like, yeah, if Marcus throws for 450 and they lose, then I'll feel better about Marcus, but then that means the defense must have given up 40 points. Well, I mean, look, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley are players. Austin Hooper is a player. Matt Ryan is a player. And players make plays. And sometimes you're going down the stretch and you throw up a jump ball in the end zone with three seconds left and a guy who's 6'3", 220 pounds, goes up between two DBs and comes down with it and wins the game. And you know what you say? You tip your hat and you go, you know what, it stinks we lost, but that's a heck of a play. Congratulations. Corey, what's your gut feel about the right guard position? Well, I mean, just for everything the head coach has said, I think he's chomping at the bit to get Nate Davis out there. You know, there's a reason they drafted this guy 82nd overall. Um and you know, obviously, you know, Jameel Douglas really struggled uh, the other night against Calais Campbell. And now, as Jared was just pointing out, you know, Grady Jarrett's a good player. He's got a bit of a toe injury, but he's still a, he's still a really good player. And so, you know, you need a guy who's big and strong, but, you know, he hasn't been out there. He hasn't faced any kind of adversity. And then, you know, I, I asked him about this the other day. How do you get in shape to play a full game by just doing practice when they hardly even wear pads at practice anymore? You know, these guys are phenomenal athletes, so I'm sure I I worry about it too much. But, you know, I, I wonder, can he go four quarters? But he's been playing football a long time, so like I said, I'm sure I worry too much. 
What is there any any way that you could put another guy to play center and move Ben Jones to the right guard? Well, Jameel Douglas uh, was the other guy that they were having take snaps during the preseason as was, a center. Look, yeah, I mean because they had him, and, and then there's Horace Grasso. So they could they could put Grasso in at center and move Ben Jones over to right guard. I, I think I think they probably would feel better about that. Grasso has spent his whole career as a center dating back to Oregon. So I think, you know, while Douglas made the roster initially and Grasso didn't, at this point I'm going to guess they would feel better if they were going to do that about putting Grasso at center and moving Ben Jones over to right guard. But back when they cut Corey Levin, we all talked about this, that, you know, he was a guy who had come in and played center and Ben Jones had played guard, and you felt good about that situation and that's what made that move so puzzling. And I know they're never going to say they regret a decision that they made, but you have to wonder if they regret about that decision. Corey Curtis, news to our guest here on the show. How do you feel about the defense against the – the Titans even's been okay. How do you feel about that against the Falcons' offense? Well, I mean, the coach talked about ball disruption. I, and, you know, when I watch – I know everybody loves the Titans' defense. The Titans' defense is good, but it's not great. Because you know what's great? watching the Chicago Bears get quarterbacks and get their hands on the football. And when you play Gardner Minshew, a rookie quarterback making his second start, and you don't get your hands on him for one sack and you don't force him into one turnover, there's no way you can call that a great performance. Just not. It's just not. We saw in Cleveland the value of turnovers. You give your offense a short field, it gives them the chance to strike quickly, and bingo, all of a sudden a tight game is no longer a tight game. You know, this defense, they talked about it all summer long, creating turnovers is what's going to separate between them being good and being great. We've seen them look great in Cleveland, and we've seen them look pretty good against the Colts, and then we saw them look good against the Jags, but they couldn't create any game-changing plays. The Falcons will give you the chance to change the game. Matt Ryan has six interceptions. He's a guy who believes in his arm. He believes in his receivers. He will take chances with the football, and they have to make him pay the price. He is I'm not going to call him a statue in the pocket, but he's not a runner either. So he will stand back there. He's going to give you opportunities for sacks. He's going to give you opportunities for interceptions. If they can't come up with those two things, it's going to be a very long day. Are they done with Adore as a punt returner? I hope so. I do, I mean, too. I do, I mean, too. Look, if, if you're not, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. You just are. You're just being stubborn. You're punishing your football team because, you know, look, does Adore have the skill set to do that job? Absolutely. But no matter what anybody says, it is plain as day that his confidence is shaken, and he is unsure of himself Every time the ball is in the air. How many punts do we have to see hit the ground? Okay. The good punt returners attack the football. Okay. They go get it. He doesn't go get it. He looks at it. He watches it. He hits the ground. He thinks about picking it up again. He runs towards it, thinks about picking it up again. You know, you've got to have guys who you can count on. And you know, Floyd. One of the best things, the most important things you do in football is eliminate the possibility of the negative. And right now, 
he puts you in the possibility for the negative. I would rather put Ben Jones back there to fair catch right now than have <laughs> a Dory. Crap. Corey Curtis News <laughs> 2 with us. Uh, not will he get benched if they lose Sunday, but should Mariota be on the verge of getting benched if the way he plays continues? This Sunday? Not during I mean, the game, but, I mean, if, if he continues this Sunday to do what he's done the last two weeks, should he be on the verge of getting benched? Now, look, he, he struggled last week in the first half mightily. Well, six for his first 16, and, and I thought he played pretty well um, in the second half under some very harrowing situations. Um, you know, he's got to start faster. But, you know, I look at, you know, when, when you look at the 47-yard toss to Tajay Sharp, what did you see? This is back. He had a he had, he had a pocket. He stepped up and he threw a strike. Thirty yard ball to Adam Humphreys in the first half. Had a pocket, stepped up, threw the football and delivered it. You know those are situations where everything is perfect. So the quarterback needs to be perfect. Now he's got to be better. He's got to make up for some mistakes. He's got to be decisive with the football. But again, it's it's all a process for me. It, it depends on what else is happening in the football game. It depends on who else is playing well and who else is playing poorly. I mean, look, if, if you want to – the bigger question isn't are you going to bench Mariota and go with Tannehill. It's what are you doing after this season? And if you're ready to decide right now that you're going away from Mariota after the season, then I don't care what you do. But that's the, that's the only question you have to answer. Corey Curtis, News 2, Fireball Hot Take Friday. What is your hot take of the week? Age is just a number. And whether Jared Stillman is 29, 30, or 50, he'll just always be immature. <laughs> that is a hate. <laughs> that is a hate. Well, well done, Corey. That was. Right, let, hey, let, me ask, let me follow up with this. You've known me since I've been 25 to 30. Yeah. So you've known me for yeah. 25, 26, 27, yeah. 28, 23. Is there anything about me that you feel like has changed in that five-year period? I don't know. I don't yell at you near as much as when I first started calling you. There is some truth um, Yeah, so... You know, I I think you I think you you know I look I always think you're a thinker. I don't ever think you just say stuff off the cuff. Um, but I think you think about things a little bit harder now. And when we as we all get older, we can all look back on experiences. Some of us have more mistakes to look back on than the others. So you got a lot of crud to go through um, <laughs> compared to other people. Truth. And being with somebody as smart and as wise as Floyd this long <laughs> yeah, only right. makes someone better. Right. No, so. you know what happens is being with Floyd makes me dumber. And I, <laughs> oh my goodness gracious, yes. Don't have a Jeff Fisher. <laughs> you look at him after Floyd. Probably something to that. Corey Curtis, News Two. As always, Corey, we'll see you. Thanks, Corey. All right, you guys have a great weekend. I think it's going to be a fun game. Take the over. I think there's going to be a lot of points on the board. Ooh. I hope for Mariota's sake that's the case. Corey Curtis, News 2, as always, joining us here on the program. No, it makes me dumber because something will happen. Like somebody will say, do you think the Patriots will sign Antonio Brown? I'm like, no. Floyd said no way, no how. And then, boom, Patriots sign Antonio Brown. I feel like an idiot. And that's happened like five times. You think they'll draft the receiver out of uh, Western Michigan or wherever the hell Corey Davis is from? 
No. Floyd says he would never draft somebody who doesn't run a 40. With a fifth pack, the Tennessee Titans take Corey Davis, wide receiver. I'm like, oh, goodness. Oh, man. Our reaction, by the way, that night fits me, you, D Mace, the reaction when they uh, drafted Corey Davis fifth overall. Priceless. A little, little surprised? Priceless. 615 737 1025. Coming up next, do the Titans have a prayer? In covering Julio Jones. I mean, a prayer. Because I got one thing in the back of my mind that makes me think they'll be okay. We'll get to that coming up next. Fireball Hot Take Friday. Nothing says celebration like ice-cold fireball cinnamon whiskey. That's right. It's a Fireball Friday. Gotta ignite the night the way that everybody loves to do, and that's with ice-cold fireball cinnamon whiskey. Get yourself a fireball cinnamon whiskey shot. You will absolutely love it. That's right. You all know how much I love the fireball. Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey. It's the best. Ignite tonight. Please do it responsibly and be 21 years or older to enjoy. That's Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey. Jared and the GM on a Fireball Hot Take Friday. It's ESPN 1025, the game. You see it every week. I mean, around the league, uh, some of the receivers are just so talented, and he may be the most talented of all of them, or at least one of the top top ones, if not the top one. You know, you just got to try to do the best that you can. You try to you, you try to be in position to make a play. And then there's just certain times you got to live with that as a defensive back. you got to live with that as a defensive coach. There's sometimes that guy's just going to out-athlete you, and that's just that's life. You know, that's just the way it is. I mean, everybody wants to see We all want to have these guys defend it. The, what, what you don't want is you just don't want a guy right, running wide open uh, or that, but it, it's just when the ball goes up and there's two guys jumping for it, one six four and one five eight. I can generally guess who's going to probably win that battle. And it's just, that's that's what it is. Everyone's favorite pawpaw, Dean Pease. Titans and Falcons, Julio Jones. And you heard him right there say, hey, sometimes there's great plays. Guy just makes a play on it. And you got to tip your cap because he's the 6'4 guy and he's Julio freaking Jones, which is the reality here. Floyd, correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm the Falcons, I'd throw the ball to Julio on every play Sunday. I have no idea why they wouldn't throw the ball to Julio every play. <laughs> 52, 97, 53, hut. Throwing to Julio. Green, Eddie. Green, Eddie. Check, check. 53, 53. Green, Eddie, go. And just throw it right up to Julio. I have no idea why they wouldn't do that. But I do have one theory in the back as to maybe a good thing about the Titans secondary against the Falcons this week. Now, I think you and I can both agree. If the Titans don't get any pressure on Matt Ryan, you might as well not even show up in Atlanta because you got no shot of winning that game if they just let Matt stand in the pocket the whole game. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to – he's not going to be able to just stand there. Right. So if you, if you just let – if you don't get any pressure, then don't even show up because Matt's going to throw for 500 yards and you're going to lose. But – Logan Ryan and Malcolm Butler played against Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. And I'm not saying that they'll remember everything from the Super Bowl game. But does the fact that these guys have played them in one of the most memorable games, if not the single most memorable game in these guys' career, does that at least not give them a benefit against Atlanta. Like, I think Humphreys has benefit against Atlanta because he he's played against Atlanta two times a year his entire career. Does it not benefit Logan Ryan and Malcolm Butler that they've gone up against Jones and Sanu before in the past? Specifically Jones, who I'm not sure can be covered in the NFL. 
Well, I mean, I, I, the more experience you have versus anybody is going to help. But, I mean, the truth is, in the NFL, you're going to play somebody. You're going to play whoever it may be. Whatever team he's on, you're going to play him at some point in time. You know, you're going to have experience. I know, but it's not just some random Sunday game like this game. This is a game they'll they'll play, and we'll probably never remember it after next Tuesday. And then we'll... You know, forget about it. Like when the Titans played the Seahawks two years ago and there was that melee on the field during the game and Richard Sherman got kicked out. Like, you know, when's the last time you thought about that game? You just don't. You just move on. And I feel like this game is going to be one of those kind of games. The Super Bowl and preparing for the Super Bowl, you don't, that's not just one opponent. That is. Right. But I think if you're, if you're playing a quality team, and you're playing who arguably is the best receiver in the NFL, I mean, you're going to remember playing him. Now, you might not remember playing, you know, some Taiwan Taylor or somebody like that. You know, it may be just another. You hear guys all the time. Who is that? Oh, number 39? Oh, yeah, I know who he is. I mean, everybody knows who Julio is. Everybody knows who this whole receiving group is, and they know who Ryan is. So I think you probably – would have a little bit better memory of those guys, especially if you were effective at all. I mean, if you were effective at all, you would remember what you did that helped you, you know, do a pretty good job against them. And I think Logan token, was matched up on Julio in the Super Bowl. By the same token, if if not, you know, if you remember where, how you got scorched, he would, you know, that would be imprinted too. So I I don't know I can't remember I mean I I don't remember the the matchups um, in the past I mean it's obvious they they were matched up at points in time I just don't remember how how one or the other did but but I mean the truth is I mean you know nobody covers Julio like no, why would they not just throw him the ball on almost every play Well I mean you you can't do that but but nobody can cover him you know from I, I thought the one that was really interesting to me was Ridley. I saw some comments that he made that were really interesting to me. He said something along the lines of, because last week he only got one ball for like eight yards. And they said, why? And he said, well, they're playing zone all the time. He said, I couldn't I couldn't get space. I couldn't get room. And they said, what do you mean? He goes, they're, they're in zone all the time. So they're trailing you or they and and I'm thinking to myself, when I hear that and I think about who these guys are, and we we're talking about pressure, I mean, the pressure, that whole pressure factor gets a little bit tougher when, you, when you're going to be scared to death to blitz. And, and I assume we're going to be scared to death to blitz. So I don't know. That's, that does not help things. What do you mean? I don't understand what you're saying. So Ridley doesn't like zone. Ridley doesn't like doesn't like to play against zone. Okay, that's what. So, you but know, Indy you plays think, the zone on every play, huh? But Indy plays zone on every play, right? And and they shut him down, you know. So if you're, you know, what he was saying was, hey, I like to, you know, people to play man for man against me, because then I can get open, I can get separation, I can outrun, I can do all all of the things that you know he can do. So. You know, I mean, we're we're not known for our four man pass rush, 
You can't play so a zone. You're if you, you can't have a zone blitz. Isn't that wasn't that what Dick LeBeau used to always run? Were those zone blitzes and or, right? But you're still that's five. You know the the most you can bring is five, and so you know it's, they can pick up five if they want to. If you don't trick them, um, but I mean, if you're truly going to blitz, I mean, you're talking about bringing six or more, and so you know that means you're playing. You know, no free safety. That makes it tough in the back Yeah, you're not, you cannot play without a free safety. Well, you just got to be sure you get there. If you get there, then, you know, it's it's a plus. But, I mean, it's a risk. Do you think they're going to get there? What if we, if we – is there anything that makes you think the Tennessee Titans could rush the Atlanta Falcons and, quote-unquote, get there? Well, with the blitz? Yeah. Yes, before the ball gets up in the air to Julio. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what one of the better things they do, actually. And that's why, you know, our secondary led the league in sacks last year. I mean, we get we get a lot of hits from the from the people in the secondary. So, you know, is that a chance? Yeah, but, man, oh, man, it, it is risky. I mean, I just want somebody like Harold Landry to turn into a sacker and go hit the quarterback on a consistent basis. They just don't have anybody to do that. The only guy who's consistent in what they bring to the table is the pawpaw Cameron Wake, and the problem is, is he can only come in on, like, third down and thirteen. And I watched him when he was in there against Jacksonville. Jacksonville was basically making sure Wake didn't disrupt the game. I mean, he's, he is a guy that when he gets out there, you can tell the other teams like, hey, don't let him go tear you up, even though he is 57 years old. Like, don't let him do that. And that, I, um, that does bother me with the fact that they can't sack the quarterback. And yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it gets back to the pass rush, same deal. And so, you know, if you can't do it with four, then, you know, that's why a guy like Casey is going to be so important at a game like this. Because you know, just like we're talking about Grady, I mean. They Grady sh- Jarrett they, is better than Casey. They he's should, younger, he's... They should be talking about Casey in the same way. Now, I'll say this. Casey hadn't done much this season. Did he do a lot last year? I didn't, I didn't even know his name. Well, I had I think he had seven sacks, but I mean I can't I can't remember a, a, an impact play he's made in three games. So you don't think he's doing anything? Why? Can you remember a play he's made in three games? No. <laughs> but you always tell me, you know, with the DTs, it's not about the sacks. Well, DTs the- uh, DTs like the big guys. I'm talking about you know the run stuffers. That's not Casey. Casey's true three technique guy you know so he's going to be he's he's like Jared they're same I mean neither Jared that, is better than him well yeah I mean I don't know you know depends on who you're talking to but the point is they're the same kind of guys and I think the 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 defensive front they have now their outside pass rush guys are are legitimate guys you know now they're not 15 sack guys, but they're legitimate pass rush guys that were brought in just to be pass rush, pass rush guys, you know, McKinney or whatever his name is. And, Your guy uh, from UCLA. Yeah. Had the picture of his grandma at the draft. Yeah. I did yeah. this for her. Yeah. You know, that was. And, uh, and Beasley, you know, those guys were Beasley, both brought yeah, in Beasley to be. Some game now. They were both brought in to Beasley be pass ball. rushers. 615-737-1025. We're to your phones next. Plus. The one thing the Titans have done three times this year, that if they try this on Sunday, they will 100% lose. 
We'll get to that coming up next. Jared and the GM. Uh, uh, hey, Preds fans, want to go to the opening game Thursday night at Bridgestone Arena? Stop by Cool Springs Wines and Spirits located at 1935 Mallory Lane in Cool Springs Tuesday afternoon and enter to win. Jared and the GM will be there broadcasting live from 2 to 6 and will be giving away tickets to the Preds season opener against Minnesota. On Thursday, October 3rd. Congrats, Floyd. We're doing another show right next to your house. 615-737-1025. Jared and the GM. It's ESPN 1025 again. Well, I mean, I don't know who's built to play from down 14. You, know, you just can't put yourselves in those positions on the road, I guess, is, or at any time. You know, we, you know, I don't know what it was in, in Dallas. Um, I know things weren't going well, but, you know, we made a play um, defensively down in the red zone to, I think, keep it from being – what would have been 14 nothing, And again, that's a long time ago, but I just remember things weren't going real well on the road, and we made a play, and then we were able to kind of get things going and then have that consistency of the effort on defense in the second half to not allow them to score um, and then continue to, to put points on the board offensively and then close out the game with a stop in two minute and then close it out in four minutes. So, I mean, you just it's hard to, to you run out of time in this league being down 14 nothing um, and it kind of dictates you know, your, your game plan gets into to kind of throwing a football they kind of know you got to throw it and I just I don't think we would prefer to be down 14 nothing in the second quarter I would agree don't be down 14 nothing Floyd you know what happened at Cleveland what happened against Indy and what happened against Jacksonville? Right. They were down 7 nothing essentially to start the game in all of those games. Now, luckily for the Titans, Vinatieri and what's-his-name from Cleveland missed PATs. But the Titans have gotten behind in all of these games. Let me just say right now, you go to Atlanta, you get down 10 nothing to start that game, goodbye. Game's over. You lose. This team is not built to come from behind, so they better not get behind yeah i mean the the last week was just the worst case scenario you know because you're down 14 to nothing with you know halfway through the first quarter or whatever it was Mm -hmm. now that's the worst case scenario i mean to be behind seven to nothing into the second quarter or be behind you know 10 to three or whatever it may be going into the second or third i mean that's not you know i don't think that's a big deal i mean i think you know, you're you're always in the back of your mind. You're thinking, okay, we just we're down a score. You know, pick up a score. We're going to be in great shape here. But when you're down fourteen to nothing right off the bat, and you can't, you know, now you've got to figure out a way to block some defensive linemen that you can't block because they know, like Mike just said, they know you got to pass. They're coming off the ball, man. I mean, now it now it gets really really hard. So you're right. I mean, they can't. Against high-powered teams, you can't fall behind. I mean, it's, And why are they falling behind in all these games? I mean, I guess, too, I you can directly blame on a Dory. Yeah, but, I mean, he's got a turnover on the 10. And then the one against the Colts, he you know hit the guy in the head for no reason on a pass interference call. So those two, I guess you could blame on a Dory. But, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I've got to see things out of the Titans on Sunday that I haven't seen all season. And that's why I just don't have a ton of confidence going into this football game because I need things to happen that I have not seen yet. And it's hard for me to feel like I'm going to see things I haven't seen. Like what? Like I'm going to need to see the defense make some game-changing plays. (laughs) I'm going to need to see the offense, the receivers make some big plays. 
I'm going to need to see Marcus probably throw for 300 yards in a win. I'm going to need to see Derrick Henry catch the ball. I'm going to see all those things have to happen. Because I can't just turn around and hand it to Derrick 25 times and win this game. Because Atlanta knows that. And I know that, you know that, we all know that that would be in a perfect world what the Titans have to do. Right, but if there's a team that you're going to have a chance to do it against, it's going to be this team. Mm. Because they're, they're, they don't want to blitz. They don't want to play man for man. You know, they're, they're going to be a zone team. They can always and bring so, one more than you can block. If, if they're willing to blitz. I agree. Wouldn't you be willing to blitz, though? No. I mean, the worst part of their team is their secondary. I know, but Marcus Mariota is not exactly Dan Marino. Well, right yeah, now. but now they got they got to pick him up, and if they don't, then you know you've got you maybe now you're the one that's kind of on your heels because you're blitzing and you got cover zero, which none of those guys. I mean the 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 safeties have been beat to heck, and the corners really are a little bit suspect to begin with, and so I mean I would think. I mean, if we have a, a place, if there's a part of the of these two teams that we've got a definite advantage, it's there, you know, in the secondary. And so I would say that, um, um, you know, them having to cover your guys has to be a little bit of a scary proposition, too. Let's go to your phones. Fireball Hot Take Friday. Travis is up next on Mariota. Go ahead, Travis. Hey, guys. How's it going today? Good. Hey, Floyd, real quick, and, and, and shoot me straight up. Be honest with me, because yes, I know you, you, you've been hee-hawing around with, with, with me on this Marcus thing. Let me say his name, right? Do Besides the quarterback for the Jets and the Dolphins, do you think Marcus can go head up with any other quarterback in the National Football League? Because besides them two guys, I think he's the worst quarterback in the league right now, besides them two and He's what's holding the team back. It ain't going to be Taylor Lewan. Like I told you, he can't help him. I told you the other day that we don't know how he's going to play. Because, like I said, he was playing with that juice in him. So he ain't going to have that juice in him. <laughs> and it ain't going to be good. Thank you. Have Thank a good Thank you for weekend. the call. <laughs> Thanks, Trav. <laughs> got that juice in him. No juice. Do you think Mariota – I don't think Mariota's one of the single worst quarterbacks in the league. Well, no, I mean, you. I think if you go through and, you know, you look at, like, who the Dolphins are playing with and who, you know, right now, who maybe the Panthers are playing with or who, I mean, I think there's a, there's a group of teams out there that are all struggling with young or inexperienced or unproven quarterbacks. Not Jacksonville, though. Not Jacksonville, Jacksonville and Indy. There's one. I mean, well, he got well. Mariota not, got beat heads Indy. up on Thursday night yeah, by Jacksonville's quarterback. That doesn't bother me. Bother me? It, well, I mean, he wasn't. He wasn't the reason you got beat. He threw some dimes over there to Charks. <laughs> he wasn't the reason you got beat. No, you you were the but, reason you got beat. Yeah. And your coach was. So the reason I you think. Got uh, I mean, I think there there are some quarterbacks out there that you know. I mean. For me, I mean, if I got a choice between Flacco and Marcus, I'd take Marcus. Oh, Flacco you know? sucks. So, I mean, I think there are people out there that that really are not very good. And, and I'm not – that doesn't mean that Marcus is setting the world on fire because we all know that's not true. So a football guy whose opinion I believe Floyd trusts 
Floyd, look at that 4 o'clock topic. Do you trust that football guy's opinion? Simple yes or no question. Do you trust that football guy? As a football guy? As a football player? Yes. Oh, I loved him as a football player. Okay. So Floyd trusts him and believes in him and loves him. And I think they're buddies. As a player. As a player. (laughs) Has a take on Mariota that I know Floyd's not going to agree with. We'll get to that next. Uh, MTSU Blue Raider football back in action Saturday in Iowa taking on the Hawkeyes. Kickoff is at 11. Is at 11 on 1025 the game and 97.5 in the Burt Road. Jared and the GM. It's a Fireball Hot Take Friday and it's ESPN 1025 the game.